Disclaimer. The following podcast contains explicit language and adult content. The content may offend some listeners. Relax and don't be a hater. Hello. Welcome to a walk in the park podcast. (laughs) This is Riss. And this is Babs. And in our podcast, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of wine, cake, laughter, friendship, success, families, fun, the extraordinary. We're happy you're listening. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I love it. Let's just get this walk started, baby. Woo-woo. Guys, how do you talk about life when you haven't even lived at all? And how do you talk about love when the only thing you love is your dog? I don't know. Welcome to another episode of a walk in the park podcast. This is Babs and I am here with Riss and MB and we just have so many things to share with you. So Hello. let's get started. MB, what do you have for us? Obama, Bernie, and Warren have all endorsed Joe Biden. Nice. Ooh, the big three. All I did right. not know Warren did. So that's interesting. Yeah, that happened what? Within the last couple of days, I think MB. Okay. Yes. Yeah. She was, she's been bandied about as a VP pick for him. I don't think she's going to want to do it. And I don't think she would be the right choice. No, nope. no, I agree. She's All too right, crazy. So we'll see. <laughs> she's not crazy. She's passionate. passionate. I know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. I haven't, uh, that's kind of the political news I was hearing as well, just Biden's endorsements. I haven't heard much of anything else politically. Um, I wonder, though, I guess even though Biden is the presumptive nominee, he's still got to get to the number of delegates to be officially confirmed as the Democratic nominee for president. And then, you know, that's, as you told us, NB, not going to happen now until early August. I wonder if Trump and Biden will have any debates. I might have to watch those. Those might be funny. I might might have to watch those too. Uh, Riss knows I don't watch them because I can't handle how awkward people are and how badly they answer questions, which are poorly formulated and asked anyway by the moderators, in my opinion. So... I, I would it. much prefer the town hall. I like the town hall approach that Bill Clinton took back in his 92 campaign. I'm like, just yeah. sit there and let random people from the audience ask you questions. Now, I'm sure these oh. questions were vetted ahead of time, but right. I'd still rather hear questions from real people than ones crafted by moderators and news right. outlets. So... All right, so that's a little bit of the political. What else you got for us, MB? The MLB is considering asking players for an additional pay cut should their season start. Oh, interesting. So to me... Sorry. No, I was just to say, so to me, that means they think out of necessity their season's going to be shorter perhaps. I mean, they haven't missed that many games. It's only April 18th. The season was only going to start, like, what, three weeks ago? Right. 
So I wonder what the, I wonder why they're asking them to take, well, and it says an additional pay cut. So I wonder what the pay cut has been so far and what is the basis for this additional pay cut? I don't, I don't see, that's not one of the sports that I feel should have to quarantine. I mean, they're not on the field next to each other. Football, yes, but baseball's not a contact sport. Uh, yeah, it's mostly not a contact sport, but you are sitting in the dugout together. You have to end out in the, you know, in the bullpen. So, I mean, people are definitely sitting next to each other. Their dugouts and bullpens are not large enough that you can be sitting six feet apart for an entire True. game. Well, everybody could be tested, I mean, before they play. Yeah, no, I, I think all the sports were talking, or no, Dr. Fauci, I think, said, you know, if you're going to resume sports, even without fans, all players should be tested weekly, I think was what he was recommending. Right. Um, let's see. It, I just quickly looked up something. CBS Sports, it says, players will receive the prorated portion of their salary in 2020. So if 81 games are played, players will receive half their salary. MLB advanced the union $170 million as part of the agreement, which won't have to be paid back if the season is canceled. So that's interesting. And then, yes, I see what you're saying about the additional pay cuts if games are played without fans. Okay, so that's the threshold. Because they'd be taking it, MLB would be taking in less money, right? Yeah. Right. So, okay, well... We shall see. And, you know, I mean, of course, we all think of athletes as making a lot of money, right? And so nobody really necessarily feels sorry for them. But no, <laughs> I mean, there are, I mean, you know, not every major league baseball player makes a ton of money. Right. So right. some players could definitely be impacted more. But Well, that gives me a little bit of a segue um, to my my favorite sport tennis no my favorite sport is the nfl but i'll say something quickly about tennis and then we can jump to the nfl that's another sport that shouldn't be halted i think well the labor cup is canceled so we won't oh. be in boston risk this year they've already Damn pushed it. it back to next year and Damn uh it. it was weird because something that i read made me think oh my god i wonder if it's because of the french open remember we talked about how the french right. Open snuck in and it, the article I read said something like that it was due in part to like changes in the tennis calendar. Mm. And I thought, well, what changes? And then right. I would just be like, oh, maybe they are going to try to let the French Open have those dates. Right. But hmm. I don't know. And then I did just see today um, that the U.S. tennis governing body in charge of the U.S. Open said they will, they expect to make a decision in June as to whether... U.S. Open is going to happen. Okay. And I think like, right. I also read somewhere that somebody said they think it'll definitely happen. Really, it'll be a matter of is it going to happen with or without fans just because it's in New York, right? Right. So, and New York has been so hard hit that yeah. they may not allow any large gatherings to happen for the rest of the year or right. until there's a vaccine. But... So we shall see. All right, MB, what do you got for us on the NFL draft, which is going to be the thing to watch this week, basically? It's considering a virtual, it's considering a pause if technical issues arise. Oh, all right, because it's supposed to start this week, right? Yeah, 
Okay. I thought I had read somewhere they're gonna they're gonna test it. They're gonna do like a mock virtual draft in a couple of days and make sure the kinks are worked out. But huh. That's interesting. I guess they think they have some flexibility, but I'm sure ESPN or whoever's broadcasting the draft really wants them to put it on TV. <laughs> yeah. We'll Nothing see why to not. watch. Nothing to watch. Uh, what about the NBA, MB? The playoffs were supposed to start today. Uh, the NBA playoffs are so long. They start in April and they go on until June. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. I didn't think there were that many teams. <laughs> they just let so many of them into the playoffs. Right. It's just bizarre. Uh, I, don't really, I don't really like it. But, uh, well, all right, we shall see. I guess that's the world of U.S. sports. I don't even want to talk about that game that passes itself off as a sport coming back, so we'll just skip over that. <laughs> What's what about, next? What about NASCAR? No, that's not the one I'm thinking of, but that is also not a sport. That oh, is stop. A, that is an activity. <laughs> It's a physical activity. It's just, you know, I just don't think that the threshold should be the amount of, I don't even know what the right word is, the amount of difficulty or challenge your body encounters, because then we would call like NASA astronauts, athletes, you know, getting up to space in the G-force. It's like, these people are just driving cars <laughs> in a circle fast. What, what, about, what about the WNBA, the women's? Oh, yeah, I heard they, 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 they have, did, they they did, did the draft, draft, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel for them, too, because their season's supposed to be starting soon, and I don't know what they're going to do. I think they play to mostly em empty stadiums anyway, so maybe they should just be the the test sport and they should just start their season and play. And let's see what happens. Well, yeah, and there's another figure that I'd love to hear more about. How many people have antibodies? Like I just gotta I know I can I know I can get the test done, but I'm pretty positive I had it already, so that's such a random transition since we were talking about the WNBA draft. Yeah, but starting their it, season. The, the, the transition <laughs> is if you let people play these sports, yes. you have to wonder, do a lot of them already have antibodies? Like, are they going to spread it or is it going to be okay? Well, remember, there's no scientific data to support whether having antibodies means anything. They don't know right. if it means you're immune. They don't know if it means you can spread. You can't spread it even if you are immune. They don't know how long the antibodies will last. So but, gathering antibody data is just another- The key um, word there is herd immunity. Uh, herd yes. immunity. Which, yep. you know, we, that is not something that you can determine overnight, right? So- Right. I mean, we're just going to be in the dark for a while. And I think we've seen that U.S. citizens are not willing to put their lives on hold until there is a vaccine available. So right. we're going to have to start doing some things that seem normal 
in a slightly less normal way. I personally think that if athletes want to play, we should let them play without fans in the stands, not to intentionally rhyme there. And right. then, yeah, they can be like a little test group almost. Like, let's test them regularly. Let's see what happens. Let's give them an antibody test. Let's see what happens. Um, so, yeah, I think it would be interesting, but I think it's going to be several years before we really feel like we have a handle on this. We'll get a vaccine. It'll be released publicly because it will be believed to work. And then we'll need a certain amount of people to get it, to have the vaccine. And then maybe that's when you can start having herd immunity. But right. I don't know. I don't know enough about the science of herd immunity. I know the concept. but Right. Um, but anyway, I don't know. All right. What else do we have to talk about either on the COVID-19 front or I feel like we've covered sports pretty well. Politics. Any good TV shows you've been watching? Ooh, good question. I'm going to punt this one to rest first. I have to think about it. Oh, so I've just been trying to catch up on The Crown, and I'm in the middle of the second season. And okay. I've, what I find fascinating is just I have such, I have so much empathy for the, the Queen. I mean, what a, it, it's so odd that you can be the sovereign of a nation and yet not in charge of anything really. <laughs> or not and not be able to do your own thing it's just like it's constant conflict and she you know part of it is because because she's technically the head of the church but uh, the other part of it is that she's really not governing anything because she has to report into the prime minister and it's just all very uh it's all very interesting you know between the family dynamics and the politics and um, how to do everything, and then there's, it, it's just a great show. I, I'm really appreciating it. I believe I am all caught up on The Crown. How many seasons are there? Three? Yeah, three. Or did one just come out? I haven't watched the season that has new actors and actresses in it, if that's come out. Uh, that I don't know. Okay, because the, the next new season that I saw jumps forward in time, and so The Crown... Uh, directors, producers, etc., had said, I guess, from the inception of the show, that they would be changing actors. They wouldn't try to get people right. to suspend their disbelief, like, oh, this same actress is now 20 years older. Right. Um, but yeah, The Crown's a good show. It's one that I would start again from the beginning. Like, shows that release new seasons this year, especially, you know, on Netflix, it's sometimes a year or more between seasons. So right. some of these shows I've just gone back and started from the first season. <laughs> yeah. Serena Williams. Guess what Serena Williams' coach did? What? Patrick Maradoglu, you mean? He started an independent tennis league. What? Yeah. Serena's uh, do you have more to share there? Because that's really weird. It says, Serena Williams coach Patrick says he is starting an independent tennis league to have professional, professionals play matches without spectators starting in May at his academy in Nice, French. Hmm. 
Well, that's very interesting. I'm not sure how it's going to be received by the world governing tennis <laughs> no. body. Um, but I don't know. Maybe he does have their buy-in. Maybe they're like, yeah, try this out like on a smaller level that doesn't implicate us and see if it works, see how people respond to it, see if the players are willing to do it. And if it does work, could this be a new thing? where we see independent tennis leagues start to grow. Well, that would be interesting. Yeah, but how would it affect everything else, like the ATP, well, I mean. the WTA? Yeah, I don't think we'd see it overnight, but it, a change overnight. But if it's successful, it might be something that gives players more leverage, right, in their players' associations. If the ATP and the WTA start doing things that a majority of players don't agree with maybe they'll just be like hey we're just going to go do this independent tennis league thanks patrick <laughs> and it also gives players uh who wouldn't otherwise have it they'd have more play time so they wouldn't have maybe. to worry about getting into the majors they could have this of these <laughs> other leagues that give them more opportunity it's kind of like what is it the xfl like right. for NFL, it's which, just like which one bankrupt, right? Which one bankrupt? That's true. Good point. <laughs> but in in the same th uh, idea, it would give players more opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, MB. Novak, Roger Federer, and Rafa Nadal are fun for lower ranked players for tennis wait what what yes there's a more there is more tennis news Novak Djokovic Roger Federer and Rafa Nadal I fund for lower ranked players for tennis okay it says Novak Djokovic says he spoke with Roger Federer and Rafa Nadal about working with the ATP to set up a fund to help lowering tennis players financially affected by the coronavirus pandemic. Oh, what's thoughtful of him? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you want to you, you don't want people to have to stop playing the sport of tennis, right? Because they can't afford to do it and they have to go get other jobs eventually. Djokovic says he talked about trying to amass somewhere around three million to four point five million to distribute. Perhaps the players ranked around two hundred to two hundred and fifty to around seven hundred. Okay. Well, that's a noble idea. I like it. People within their industry, so to speak, you know, trying to help others. I think that's a nice idea. Yeah. I mean, I know various tennis players have made donations, you know, to COVID pandemic relief efforts that are more healthcare worker oriented, but this is almost like, this sounds like a little bit of a, like private tennis payment protection program. Right. Since the government isn't going to be giving any money that helps, you know, basically self-employed tennis players, right? And tennis right. is supposed to, yeah. Do you think tennis will be back anytime soon? Well, if Patrick's league has his way, has its way, maybe, but I don't know if he would get a television deal for that. Yeah, but I think, I think tennis, I think the U.S. Open is going to happen. I think there, maybe there'll be a shortened hard court season. 
Um, maybe there'll be some changes to it. Like, I don't know. I know this would be bad, but maybe it's not as big. They don't let as many players into it mm. so that you don't have to have maybe as many rounds, you know? Right. Like maybe you just do... I mean, obviously, that would be disappointing for some players, but I don't know. It's just, or, gosh, I don't know if they'd do this, but I wonder if they'd change it and say for this year, it wouldn't be, like, the men don't play five. It's not best of five. Right. Just because mm. of everybody's conditioning. But then whoever won it, there would be an asterisk next to it, right? Right. Like, on the men, they're like, oh, it wasn't a real major. They only played best of three. I wonder what Serena said when Patrick started talking about his independent tennis league, I bet. I bet she was going, Patrick, what the, I did, yeah. what the heck? Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe she'd be on board with it if it's something right now that's stopgap, right? That's trying to get some tennis going while people aren't able to play. Um, right. I think she'd be very interested in it. Well, Who wouldn't you know, be? Who wouldn't well, be? I mean, tennis players generally are tennis addicts. They will go out and play Yeah, be the governing bodies. It's right. like the International Tennis Federation. They don't want competition. <laughs> well, it's tough because they don't they they don't rule over anybody who wants to i mean there's probably just no precedence over it but i'm sure anybody could create a league yeah it's curious i mean i don't know what like in tennis i don't know that you know since they're all individuals if there's any type of players union that obligates them to certain commitments right right um but you know other players in other major league sports sign contracts that of course, wouldn't just let them go out and participate in another league <laughs> right. while they're right. participating in, you know, the NFL or the MLB or the NBA. I don't so, see myself going to any sports events until there's a vaccine. I think you're right, MB. I mean, if only because they won't be available, but I guess if they are, you know, each family and each person needs to make his or her own decision about the risks they're willing to accept. Like even just in our little sports area in our, that's not the right way to say it, but you know, as you guys know, my daughter is a gymnast and her gym has been closed and we think it'll eventually reopen, um, of course. And when it does, you know, we have to decide, okay, we're willing to let her go, even though that means, you know, on a regular basis, she's gonna be exposed to a hundred other kids um, where there won't be social distancing, it's not plausible right. or possible, and we'll have to decide, like, okay, we're willing to accept that risk. My hope is that her gym, like, once it's allowed to reopen, that they ease back into it, and they've talked a little bit about that, I think, where they'll do shorter sessions with smaller groups of girls at the gym, because they've got to build back up their skills and endurance anyway. So Right, right. What about August? I mean, tennis is a game, as we know, even at the non-professional level, where if you're not playing it regularly, you can lose some of your skills and endurance. Right. And it's funny because his coach has always offered privates 
And I actually made the decision to say, hey, listen, can we just defer this month's payment to next month and he could start again? Because I'm thinking maybe by May 1st, it should be okay to play in terms of maybe one-on-ones. Because he made it like, he made it so that you could, you're responsible for picking up your, the balls uh, and you right. bring your own and that type of thing. But I mean, I don't know. I just feel like if it's one-on-one, it's, it, you should be able to go out there and play. Um, but I mean, I'm still taking the precaution because I, again, I don't know what this coronavirus is all about just yet. Like I know what it's about, but I just feel like I don't have enough information to send him out there just yet. Right. Well, and the thing is you're playing one-on-one, but unless you have your own private court, you're very likely to be playing right next to somebody on an adjacent court. True. True. I mean, it's That's not... why you need one of those nets that goes all the way down the middle of the court, so then you're not. Well, it would have to not have holes in it, though. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but yeah, and I mean, even then, it's like, I mean, if 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 Chris and August decided to go out and use the courts, I wouldn't be upset. But I don't even know that in our neighborhood you're allowed to. Like, I think everything's shut down enough that. If people find that you're doing that type of thing, they're they're more than welcome to complain to the police or the authorities. So I don't want to push. Or I don't. I also don't want to push a fine on us or anything. Yeah, I was going to um, say probably more so the HOA because right the HOA controls. But MB, didn't you like a couple weeks ago or within the last couple weeks, you sent us a picture of a sign up at like the common area, and I yeah, thought it yeah. said everything was open. So that's changed. Yeah. Uh, okay. This is related to COVID-19. Should social distancing, should the virus come back, should social, my first question is, should social distancing continue in places like schools once this is all over? And what, what do you do, think? And what do the class sizes look like? Are they okay. smaller? Or are they, and will the desks be six feet apart? All good questions. What are your thoughts about the social distancing when schools reopen? I say it should continue just to make sure. I would say my thought is if they can set up uh, computers and or cameras in classrooms and have the people who are immunocompromised uh, stay home and learn while mm-hmm. regular kids go to school. I think that would be a great way to start. Right. And then if, as it starts to change and get better, then, you know, bring those kids in because I, you know, it might not be that every kid is immunocompromised, but it might be helpful. No, I think most are not probably, thankfully. Right. And maybe um, you just split up the classes. Maybe what you do is you have, if you had a class of 20, you could say 10 of you come into class this week and 10 of you come in next week and we'll rotate it or something so that the, the size of the classes aren't that big. Yeah, so the opening of school may look different. And again, it's just, you know, in a country of this size with schools that are can be larger than others, like Denmark, the kids went back to school, mm-hmm. I think within the last week. And yes, the classrooms were set up. So it's like one kid per one kid desk, per desk six feet apart. But, you know, I imagine their schools and class sizes are smaller anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it is interesting. There would just be, it would be, 
no, especially in a public high school or like public schools. Well, you couldn't do busing. You couldn't do busing. Yeah, people aren't going to be happy with everything. Right. So, like, I mean, you would hope that if you had a child who was health-wise vulnerable, that you would keep that student home. Right. Um, like, I have a friend, and one of her daughters um, just has, I don't even know officially what it is, but her lungs are very weak. She regularly gets pneumonia. She has all kinds of you know, health issues and obviously a respiratory disease like COVID-19 is pretty scary right. for them. So I don't know for that particular child if they would even send her back to school until there was a vaccine. Right. Um, and, you know, it is, I mean, people, when they hear vulnerable in this pandemic, I think they do think more of adults than children. But really, mm -hmm. in the White House guidelines, you know, the phases to reopening, like vulnerable people are supposed to stay home, you know, even after things have been reopened. Yes, right. open America again. So, but yeah, all right. So, MB, so your first question, yeah, I think schools should try to do their best to facilitate social distancing guidelines in a large high school like you go to. I'm really not sure how, what that looks like. Um, maybe, for example, you don't use a cafeteria anymore, or maybe kids don't switch classrooms and teachers do, but I guess everybody has such a different schedule that wouldn't really work either. Right. So, but maybe cafeteria, right? People eating, you don't, everybody has to eat their lunch at their desk in whatever classroom they either stay in the classroom that they were in or you move to your next classroom and just stay there. Right. I mean, for my girls, you know, since they go to such a small private school, their class sizes are small anyway, but their rooms are smaller too. So I don't think, I don't think I even with their small class size that they can sit six feet apart from one another in the classroom. This question was being raised by the Fulton County School Board, so I'm asking. Oh. Okay. So I'm asking. Hmm. Yeah. All right, wait, what were, what were your other questions, though? The first was if we think schools should try to implement social distancing guidelines, and we kind of all agree that sounds good. What was but, the next question? Do, do, does everybody have to, everybody that, that comes into those schools be tested like every day hmm. no like come in get tested go to your class yeah. and then no. leave and then get tested again no but it would be interesting if they did temperature checks every I day i was just gonna say that so not covid19 testing but temperature checks and if you have a temperature then you get turned around and sent home right so that would be interesting but again, it's like, good Lord, how much of the school day are you actually going to get then? I mean, these schools that have so many kids, it's, that, this could take like an hour to get everybody temperature checked. <laughs> right, right. So, but- What about, I, what about, what about the school employees too? Do yes, they, that would be easier, actually. That I think would be easier. I'm not sure if they would like it, but since there are far fewer of them, you know, school administration, school janitorial, Anybody that work, any empl school employee that works inside the school, yes, I would think that would be something easy to do. Temperature check. 
I mean, there's a, there's a, I think it was United Arab or Emirates Airlines. Uh, I think they were the first airline to actually do COVID-19 rapid testing at the airport. It wasn't clear to me if it was before you went through security or at the gate. And if you tested positive, I guess you don't get on your flight. <laughs> oh. Let's just say one person has a temperature above 100. Yep. Let's say they come to school, that's the temperature, they test positive. What would the procedure look like? Yeah, that's a good question. That's right. I mean, because you got to test, trace, and isolate the person. That's very interesting. And actually, if you think about it, MB, since you have that student's schedule on record, you would know at least some of the people because you'd be like okay well this student didn't have a fever yesterday and was here but they were probably therefore asymptomatic yeah and now they're presenting with a fever so every single kid that's in a class with them maybe has to get tested yeah and then of course by extension everybody in their family that these students go home to but how many days would it last i know would it be, would it be 14 or a shorter amount of time so that student doesn't miss school. Yeah, that's a good question too. That's right. If you're like, if the procedure still is, you have to quarantine for 14 days. Yeah, then does every student that that student is in class with have to quarantine for 14 days? I, yeah, it seems very impractical to me. I think they would literally just figure out a way to do better remote distance learning before they did this because I feel what I understand Fulton County's quote distance learning to be right now is subpar. If, if you don't have, if each student can't be in front of a computer seeing his or her teacher and actually being taught, then I just don't think that's effective. I mean, it's not even as effective when you have a teacher on the computer and the students are at home, but I definitely feel like Fulton County would need to do a better job with its remote distance learning program if they're not going to reopen the schools. Yeah, it's definitely going to be pretty interesting, I would say. Yes, it is. I think they maybe are just going to say we're open as normal and see what happens. And yeah. you'll, your, your point MB will be about, you know, um, testing, contact tracing, isolating will be almost on a school by school basis. So if your local high school all of a sudden has a flare up, then they're going to have to address that. There. Yeah. So, which that makes it even more difficult when you live in a state like Georgia that has a county school system. I think you and I have talked about this in the past, risk, but where I grew up in Massachusetts, the schools were controlled by the town. And so, uh it was yeah. much smaller decision making. You could be more nimble, you could be more agile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think ours was controlled by the town too. Yeah, it's just, you know, when you're trying to do something consistently across such a large county as the one we live in, it's really, I think it's hard to do that. Yeah. Oh, but life is hard, life is hard. So let's try to wrap up on something a little more uh, Lighthearted. Does anybody have anything fun or interesting going on for the rest of the day or the weekend? I've been, 
I've been binge watching Law and Order. No. Oh, that's right. Wait a that's second. That's a heavy show, dude. I've been Did you watching... start with season one? Yes. Wow. And how many seasons are there now? Like 20-something? 20 21. Oh. 21. Ooh, you're going to have to give us some updates on that as we podcast MB. So what season are you on in now? I think season three. Okay. All right, so you have some serious viewing ahead of you. Yeah. Um, yeah, next time, maybe as part of our review, because I have been, uh, I've been collecting feedback, for lack of a better word, um, on things to watch, like just these people, you know, publish these lists and things. So like this website called likewise.com, I don't know anything about them, but they put out an article, 75 most binge-worthy shows to stream on Netflix. 75! Wow, I want that list. All right, I'll text it to you. I want the list too. All right, I will text it to both of you. But like, how crazy is that? That's very crazy. <laughs> All right, here it is coming your way. So I was like, oh, you know, I'll look through, through that. And then uh, I think the New York Times, they put out a list about you know, if you're missing travel, as I am, some different travel shows to watch. And I did like that. I liked Anthony Bourdain's No Reservations. I was, of course, very sad when he killed himself. Um, but that's streaming oh, on Hulu. Oh, yeah, I missed that show. Hulu, which I have. Then there's another show called Somebody Feed Phil on Netflix. Have not heard of that. But this show sounds pretty good. Travel Man, 48 hours in, dot, dot, dot. And it's streaming on Hulu. And it says the British comic actor and director Richard Iode spends 48 hours in destinations around the world uh, with a celebrity guest. So. Anthony Bourdain uh, did a show similar to that. He called it The Layover. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I, yeah, I think he only, he had even less time than that. All the seasons of Law and Order on are on Hulu. So All yay, of them are? So yay me. Yeah, you're lucky. I know. I, I do have a Hulu subscription. I told Jonathan if I'm really going to use it, he has to upgrade me to the no commercial. <laughs> yeah. May next time we do the podcast, I can update you on what season I'm on. You're definitely yeah. going to have to, because that will help me determine if you're watching too much TV, MB. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Nobody gets judged for the amount of TV they watch these days. In fact, I think <laughs> I might go off and watch a little myself right now. Yep, that's what I'm going to do. Although I think I'm going to go out to the bakery real quick and see if I can't get some French bread. Bakery? What bakery? Yeah. Theo's Bakery. Yeah. Theo's. I have some Theo's bread frozen in my freezer. Could yeah, I haven't, I haven't had any of their bread in months, maybe since January. Yeah, I was wondering if they were going to stay open. I was in there, you know, last month before the shelter in place order and the person I spoke with, she was kind of clueless. She was like, yeah, I think so. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I'm like, you are a food provider and it's not like they have seating in there. So you right. think they could do takeout, but of course you've seen that place is so small. Like right. You, they might tell people you have to wait outside six feet apart. I don't know. So I'm right. curious. You, yep. you give us the lowdown. I want a lawn okay. order season update, and I want a Theo's update. You got it. Are you going to be right. watching the draft on Thursday? 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. I think I'm gonna try to tune in. I don't usually watch it, but I'm curious to see how they're gonna handle it. So I, I'm gonna try to tune in. You need to provide us with an update if you do. All right, I will try. To. I will try to take good <laughs> notes. Good notes. Yes. All right, guys. All right. Well, thank see you. See you later. Have a good week, everyone. Okay. You too. Okay, bye. 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 Hello everyone, this is Marissa from the Riss and Babs Walk in the Park podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for sticking with us during this time. Um, I'm just sitting here on my elliptical right now. <laughs> I know it's, I'm trying to do so much lately. Uh, I'm trying to use my time wisely. It's a very odd moment for me because in time because of this COVID-19 I think it is for everybody and everybody has their own way of dealing with it but for me I'm dealing with it trying to go for walks and exercise uh, for me it's especially strange because I'm in the process of moving even though I don't know when I'm moving. I mean, I'm supposed to be moving to another part of the country and um, I don't know when we'll be moving because of this crisis. So although everything's on hold, I'm still trying to keep myself busy and not really be so concerned about the anxiety going on around me. Uh, so anyway, let's get on with it. Every day I spend my time exercising cleaning the house, throwing things out, putting things away, trying to keep my son on track with his homework and trying to give, be supportive of my husband starting a new job and not knowing where he's going to be uh, in terms of moving or staying here or whatever. Uh, I'd like to know, I'd really love to know how everybody else is spending their time. I think there are a lot of people um, getting closer to their families um, maybe picking up some new hobbies, probably doing a lot more cooking, even though I know Babs is trying to support local restaurants with ordering, um, from restaurants and keeping them open. And that's awesome. I haven't done much of that. Um, let's see, what else have I been up to? I've been trying not to watch the news and that's a subject that's very difficult because I know some people are glued to it. Some people are watching things happen and getting a little upset. I know we just don't know what our new normal is going to look like. So having said that, I'm of the opinion that there's a lot of good stuff coming our way. Um, I know that it's going to take a long time, but I feel like the world around us is going to change significantly. And I'm okay with that. I mean, I've enjoyed having my family at home. I've enjoyed being around uh, my family like that and doing more things with them. Although I'm not going to lie to you, I'm glad there's a TV. But what I'm trying to say is all of these really cool things happening around us 
uh, exists. I mean, I think about Mother Earth and how badly we've treated her since the Industrial Revolution. And now, all like things like uh, we see on the news, places like New Delhi or Los Angeles, uh, even places like New York City, the smog is clearing. People can actually see the sky again. I know our national parks are seeing the wildlife rebound. I know the other day I was going for a long walk and I found a turtle hanging out. I haven't seen a turtle outside in a while and it was just nice to see. Um, I think there are people are really stepping up to help one another out. I think that's incredible. I know humanity is, is good, but all the good things we've seen um, I am worried about other things like food supply, but, and people losing their businesses, but I also feel like maybe this will be good for towns again, small towns. Maybe people will go back to small town living instead of being so concerned with, uh, big box centers like the Walmarts of the world, um, you know, maybe I just feel like I want to spread that good word. I want to tell people that it's going to be okay because I think it is going to be okay. But I know a lot of people are not in the position that I am in, and it's hard. A lot of people have lost their jobs. They don't know when they're going to eat again. It is terrifying. But I think that we're going to help each other out in a big way. Not going to happen next week, but I think it's going to happen. So onward. Onward we go. And I just want to say that I'm praying for everybody and I'm praying that we will all get through this together. So having said that, just curious to know what everybody's up to. Feel free to write in or contact us and... Let us know what you're doing. That's so cool. Love to hear some new hobbies that are being picked up. I know I'm going to try my hand at painting again. Not painting walls, but which I've become very good at since this recent move. Or the expectation of moving. But I do like painting. I like watercoloring. And I like acrylics. So I'm going to step up and do that, I think. I'm going to try my hand at guitar again since I used to play. Uh, you know, just being grateful that I have the time and the wherewithal to do that type of thing. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, it's getting harder on my elliptical. I apologize. I'm breathing heavy. And I might just have to end this, even though I don't want to. I have a lot to say. Um, because it's only been a couple of minutes. But I guess maybe to go back to what's going on in the world real quick, I'd like to point out that don't let the news get you down. There's, I think, a lot of conflicting reports as to what, how this all started and what's going on and how it's going to turn out. Uh, don't get too bogged down in the details. Just stay safe. Do the right thing. Social distance, wash your hands, 
and pay attention, that's all. Don't be foolish and assume that there's nothing going on because we don't know enough about this virus and I would rather you stay safe. So having said that, because it's a little too difficult to walk, <laughs> to talk and to do this at the same time, I'm going to sign off for now, but assume you'll hear me this weekend ago, this weekend, as I potentially dive down deeper into these, this new way of thinking. Take care, peace out, and I love all of you. Bye-bye. is Babs here to share a few more thoughts about what for me was the uh, very interesting NFL draft. I realize some of our listeners aren't perhaps as big a fan of the NFL as I am, but uh, I have more to say about that. Not surprising that Bill Belichick traded the Patriots first round draft pick. It's a typical Bill Belichick move. So nothing to report from day one. And then they use their first post-Tom Brady era selection on a safety named Kyle Duggar. And I cannot pronounce the name of the Division II college from whence he came. Whence? Whence? I don't know. Anywho, Lenoir, 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 Rhine? L-E-N-O-I-R hyphen R-H-Y-N-E just so bizarre. Anywho, they picked him number 37 overall. Then they also picked a number of other players whose names I will butcher. Uh, So you know what? I won't bother. Anyway, they drafted linebacker, linebacker, tight end, tight end. Um... That was day two, and CBS Sports gave them a day two grade analysis of A. He said, Kyle Duggar is a versatile performer who will work in the box for the Patriots. He's tough and quick, took the ball. Belichick found a pass rusher and trade up for Uche, an athletic edge rusher who helped meet one of the team's major needs, etc., etc. They also picked a kicker, number 159 overall. Uh, so that's my team. That's the team I care about, but I also care about Tampa Bay because that's where Tom and Gronk are now. And they picked an offensive tackle in the first round, which I appreciate. Protect Tom. That's my motto. They got a day one grade and analysis of A. Uh, I don't know. They drafted an Iowa tackle, Tristan, Tristan Wirfs. Um, and then they drafted a safety and a running back in day two. They only got a B for that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Patriots and Bucks did probably decently overall in the draft. We shall see if the NFL season actually starts on time totally fine with it starting without fans in the stadium i just want to see football on tv which is where i usually watch it from although with tom going to the tampa bay buccaneers this season uh that meant he was going to play one game in atlanta but 
I, I can sacrifice going to that game in person and watching Tom embarrass Matt in Atlanta. But anyhow, the other uh, follow-up that I had was these couple new shows that I'm watching. My favorite new show is Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist on NBC. The description is, after an unusual event, whip-smart computer coder Zoe Clark magically begins to hear people's innermost wants and desires through popular songs. Suddenly, strangers, friends, co-workers, and family are unknowingly singing their feelings just to her. At first, Zoe questions her own sanity, but after some guidance from Mo, her musically attuned neighbor, and making a breakthrough with her ailing father, Zoe soon realizes this unwanted curse may just be an amazing and wonderful gift, as she now connects with the world like never before. And I will just tell you, I love this show because they break out into song, and that's kind of what I like. I wish life in general was just where people randomly broke out into song regularly. Uh, Another show that I have found is Single Parents on ABC. So as I'm not a single parent, not really relevant to me at all, but I find it amusing. This ensemble comedy follows some single parents as they lean on each other to help raise their seven-year-olds and maintain some kind of personal lives outside of parenthood. When the parents in the group meet Will, a 30-something guy who's been so focused on raising his daughter that he's lost sight of who he is as a man, they see just how far down the rabbit hole of PTA, parenting, and princesses he has gone. The friends decide to band together to get him out in the dating world and make him realize that being a great parent doesn't mean sacrificing everything about his own identity. So, of course, that's how the show kicked off. It's evolved into more than that, and the relationship development is more robust and not focused exclusively on Will. And uh, there you have it. There's a lot more I could say, but instead I'm just going to say bye for now. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please head on over to Apple Podcasts or Google Play to rate, review, and subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. You can also follow us on our social media accounts. On Twitter, that's at Awit Podcast. On Facebook, you can find our A Walk in the Park Facebook page by searching at Awit Podcast. And on Instagram, you can find us at A Walk in the Park Podcast. We'd love to hear from you.